the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels today. Grant Bills. Yo, Grant. Good day. Good day, Wisconsin. Good day, Ben. How we looking? It is. It, it's warmer than. So I was on vacation last week and somehow I was the only person. I, I went skiing and it was two degrees, three degrees. But I was the only person there that came from somewhere colder. That was completely used to the weather and completely used to the conditions. But I came back, Grant. It's 35 degrees. Yeah, and I bet you have a good tan, too, right? A little bit of a tan. I, I burn. Um, my, I have fair skin, and no matter how much sunscreen I put on, especially in that altitude, it's just red. It's a disaster. So, you told me on the phone when we were prepping this morning, like, what your family is about. You need to tell the audience, even if it's just a minute summary. I still can't believe what you told me. Your family sounds awesome. So we go skiing. We go to a place in Utah that my mom lived out there for a couple of years and worked at a at one of the lodges and ski bumped. We've been going since I was, I don't know, three, four years old, as long as I was old enough to walk. And we go out there. We do, you know, the normal ski thing. But then two days of the week, usually we go touring. We go in the backcountry, which means you literally put these carpets on the bottom of your skis and you hike up the mountain. You have these weird boots that can kind of flex forward so you can walk and the skis slide below you. So you hike up the mountain, then you ski down, you hike back up, you ski down, you hike up, and then you ski back. So, like, you just remove the ski lift from the equation. Yes. You hike up the mountain yourself. Which, and then you get on a lift the next day and you realize how great of an idea the ski lift was. (laughs) Because, like, I worked out for two months for this trip just to be physically able. Because, I like, my, my parents are probably in better shape than I am. But I go on this trip and it kicks my ass. Like I, I, I was dead. My body is still in pain and it's two days off. I can't believe you guys did that. That's, that's awesome. And I love hiking. I love doing things outside. I love going out west. But even that for me is, that's insane. Good for you guys. Yeah, that's it's big time. My, parent, my parents are like during a summer when we're all off doing whatever, they'll go and do some cool like kayak tour. Or they'll go like, they'll go biking in Moab. You know, it's, yeah, it's a great life. All right, so. Big Bucks win last night, Grant. And first, if you want to get a hold of the program, 877-867-1670, normal number for the Bill Michaels Show. You could tweet me at Ben Z. Kenny to join the conversation. So, Big Bucks win last night. And I guess I'm going to have the word big with an asterisk. Because was it? The Bucks beat the Heat, and they were down, what, 14 points with six minutes left. I saw a stat that teams that were down, uh, they trailed the Heat by 15 points. With six minutes left, entering Wednesday, teams were two and four hundred and eighty-eight while trailing by fourteen plus points in the final six minutes this season. Those comebacks have not happened. So they come back, they're down four. Middleton, it's a big three. They end up getting a jump ball. Giannis wins it. Drew Holiday comes down, makes a layup. They win the game. Now, Grant, you're more connected to Bucks Twitter than I am. I, I'm more branded as a Wisconsin Badger guy. But I even I saw tweets last night when the Bucks were down. Oh, no, everything's falling apart. This team can't win. And then they go and win the game. And obviously people are going to come on and say the exact opposite. And it is a the NBA is more about runs than anything. Teams go on 7-0 runs. They win games that way. The overreactions to every peak and valley to this team so far has been ridiculous. It's the regular season. The players even tell you that the regular season does not matter nearly as much as long as you make the playoffs. Well, a lot of fans need to get better at watching the regular season like to figure out what they're looking for, like what matters and what doesn't. On Monday, Ben, 
and you're a radio producer, you're a host with Bill, so you kind of know how this works. On Monday, it's like every radio show in the state of Wisconsin decided, hey, today we're going to do the Bucks topic where we ask people if they're concerned. Like everyone <laughs> did that on Monday. Every radio show, every TV, like that was the thing. I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast and I'm reading the description on Monday and it's like, and it's time to get concerned about the Bucks. Like everyone did that on Monday and they haven't played well and that's worth talking about. And I've been talking about why they're not playing well, but to act like these last two or three weeks are going to doom them in April and in May. Well, let's calm down. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And I, I mean, they're not healthy and it's been a broken record oh. this entire season. So they lose to Philadelphia last Thursday and then they lose to Brooklyn on, on Saturday after the all-star break. And then coming in Monday, as you said, are, are you concerned about where the Bucks are? Then they beat Charlotte, you know, who cares? Mm-hmm. And then they beat Miami. And I, I mean, Miami's the one seed in the East. To me, they feel like that team kind of like the 2016 Hawks that it Ooh. wins in the regular season but you kind of know they're going to get waxed when they play good teams in the playoffs. Like they are a good basketball team, but they are not anyone that, that is scaring the bucks, but it has become a rivalry between the two teams, right? They seem to meet in the playoffs now every season, but yeah. And uh, like, no matter what happened last night in that game, my thoughts on the team are the same. Yeah. No matter if drew holiday makes that layup or misses that layup, it's not the end of the world. They're three back of the number one seed in the East. And they're also a couple games ahead of the play in tournament. But that's the yeah. entire Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're all in the same spot. They're all in similar spots. I, I think with Bucks games, we need to focus on the result less, unless they're getting blown out by 40. All right, then the result matters. But, like, if they win by three, lose by three to a good team like Miami or they have Chicago and Phoenix this weekend, pay attention to what happened in the game. Like, were you seeing good signs or were you seeing bad habits, right? Like, that's what matters. And if they win or lose a game by three, sure, that's good proceeding and Obviously, we feel better about our team when they win, but when we're trying to project what this team could do in the playoffs, we need to look a little deeper, and that means looking past the final score. So I'm, I'm with you last night. A win or a loss, I don't know if the difference is huge. I want to see good traits and good habits. And ever since Monday, at least, when they got that really nice win against Charlotte, we're seeing some good things kind of coming together. Grant, there were two things that stuck out to me about the game, and mm-hmm. neither of them have to do with the Bucks. Number one. Jimmy Butler did not score in the final 36 minutes and 19 seconds. I saw that tweeted yeah. out this morning. Kind of hilarious. Number two, PJ Tucker is big mad. I don't know why. Why? 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 And it's it sucks. I, I heard an, another radio host this morning make this analogy. It would be like you're dating a 10, Ben. I'm sure you you know lots of beautiful women. You're big on campus at UW, right? You're Haven't dated swimming them. in attractive ladies. They're all over you. You date a 10. <laughs> have a great time. And then you break up. You know, for logistical reasons, she moves away, she gets a job, you get something, it just, it comes apart. Baseball gets canceled and I get depressed. Yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And then you meet another 10 who's also perfect for you and it's a great situation. Like when you're dating the second 10 out of 10, you don't spend all of your time being angry at the first one, right? Like they had a good thing last year, good thing with the Bucks. now he's got a good thing with the Heat. I don't know why he's so upset. But that's kind of how he's wired. Like, maybe he has to be mad. That's the only way he can play. Yeah, and one of my favorite traditions uh, when the Heat come to visit the Bucks, or maybe when they play, is the video of Tyler Hero's dad coming out of the woman's locker room. I don't know when that video's from, but I see it all the time, and I keep thinking that it's it's the same. It's happening again and again and again. <laughs> why did he do that in the first place? I, I want to know, know the story of why that happened. Oh, my God. I have no idea. But Hero goes for 30. The thing is, 
That was one of the games. So I spoke after the Sixers-Bucks game, and I said I'm not concerned at all about the Bucks because everything went right for the Sixers. George's yep. Niang hit six threes. He's not going to hit five more the entire season. I, that's hyperbole. He, he shoots a good amount, but he was hitting yeah. everything, and he's not the yeah. guy that normally does that. Last night, Tyler Hero goes for 30 off the bench. Robinson goes for 15. He's hitting everything he looks at. I mean, it's, it's like the Heat played almost a perfect game, and then the Bucks came back and they won. It's What's today's date? It was March 2nd. Yeah. That's not going to make or break. No, and we got to stop watching games in February and March and because the Bucks lose, freaking out and thinking they're going to lose in the playoffs. They could. Like, the Bucks could lose in the second round of the playoffs. This year, there's a lot of good teams in the East. It could happen, but it's not because they got beat by the Heat or the Sixers. And you mentioned the Sixers game. I think it's a great example. The Bucks had a couple of great looks at the end of that game, and they just didn't go down. They had a, a bad pass or two, too. Like, the Bucks were right there. That game easily could have gone their way, and it didn't. So let's not freak out about the Bucks. Maybe they get eliminated early in the playoffs, and then we can freak out about it then, but we don't need to do it now. Oh, I'm going to freak out when the playoffs come because that's yeah. what matters. That's what they're for. That's the time to freak out. Now is the time to watch and look for, oh, that's good, that's bad, and then we move on with our life. So, Grant, I want to play two things. Uh, first, the call on Bally Sports Wisconsin of Drew Holiday's game winning or go ahead layup with a couple seconds left in the game. Seconds for the play. Drew leading in. Oh, yes. Bucks take the lead. Snatching a victory out of the jaws of defeat. Get points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a comment in there, I think, beautifully encaptures it. They snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, what's funny, Ben, I'll be honest. I watched the first three quarters of this game. We were going from bar to bar. I had a buddy that moved out of town last night. It was his last night, so we took him out for wings. I'm a bad Catholic. I had chicken. My bad. And then we went to a bar. We played darts. And the last bar we were at around the end of the game, there wasn't a TV. So I was watching the score on my phone, and I said, oh, it's over. And I kind of stopped paying attention. And then my phone buzzed me and said that they won. I'm like, what? The, what? And I watched the highlights when I got home, and right up until the last 20 seconds, I, I thought it was a typo. I'm like, no, they didn't win this game. There's no way they won this game. And, yes, they quite literally snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Absolutely. Grant, what kind of bar doesn't have a TV? Um, well, okay. Well, this bar did have a TV. It was turned off. Wednesday night's a quiet night. I didn't want to ask him to turn it on. I just I was watching on my phone. The Bucks are playing. I know, but it's a country bar. It was... It's not a place people go to watch sports. I get it. I get it. All right. So we're going to get into the Bucks more, possibly who their biggest test in the East could be. Um, and something that differentiates, because the Badgers, obviously, Big Ten winning uh, near buzzer beater from Chucky Hepburn earlier this week. There is a big difference between the NBA and college basketball I want to get into in terms of how we react to games and how we follow the teams. Because, right, we're, we're on here. We're, we're fans of the NBA. We're talking about the Bucks. We're not – like, this is how we react after every game. When the Packers win or the Packers lose, on Monday the sky is literally falling or, you, or it's the greatest day ever. That's what the NFL yeah. is. The NBA is different. But even in the same sport, college basketball is different as well. So we're going to get into that coming up. But there is a clip going around the Internet right now, and I think it, it brings up a bigger topic that we're going to get into. For some reason, it took 25, maybe 30 years, maybe 40 years to realize that Stephen A. Smith and Chris Russo, the, the two craziest people in sports media and on television, 
Maybe they would work in a debate show where all you do is yell at each other. Now, the caption of this tweet is perfect because the topic they are talking about does not matter at all. But it is electric television. (laughs) The the tweet says, is Steph Curry a top 10 player of all time? I have no idea. But I do know that this is one of the greatest moments in television history. Take a listen. No, he's not. Are you kidding me? So they go on and on, but I'm skipping to the end here because Chris Russo's earpiece falls out and he cannot hear Stephen A. Smith, but the debate continues flawlessly. Hey, what, what did I just say? What do I need? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You can hear me. You can hear me. goes on for like 40 seconds and this i this is a television duo that we deserved 25 years ago when these two were in their prime of all primes so it brings up the bigger topic grant we're, we're talking bucks all day we're talking yeah. badgers we're gonna get into the packers i'm excited to talk about nfl combine hand size but the greatest duos in media and sports in life and i thought i'd throw a couple out there because if you call in 877-867-1670 throw one in at the end we're going to shout out the best one at the end of the show. I just wrote a couple down to get it started. I, I'm not trying to spoil it for anybody, but Burton Ernie from Sesame Street. Well done. Are you, are you, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes, I do. Arya Stark and the Hound? That's a great duo. One of the greatest duos. Obviously, you have Kobe and Shaq. So there, there are some examples. I expect Grant will come back with some music ones when we come back yeah, after the you. break. That's a, It's not really my forte. But 877-867-1670, the greatest duos in American media or sports, society as a whole. Are you concerned about the Bucks? We're talking the Bucks' biggest test in the East, the playoff path as it looks right now, projecting forward. That's coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We're back, Bill Michael Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill today. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the program. He's on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I am at Ben Z. Kenny. So, Bucks 120, Heat 119 last night. Uh, the, the video of Tyler Hero's dad was resurfaced yet again. Grant, I, I do want to draw a quick comparison between the Bucks and the Badgers. And it, it might not be fair, 
You tell me how you feel about this. So the biggest storyline throughout most of Wisconsin season is, yeah, they have Johnny Davis. Yeah, Tyler Wall's playing out of his mind. Chucky Hepburn gets better every game. But the bench doesn't really do anything, right? They have the star power, and they might have the best player on the court in every game. Johnny Davis has has the ability um, to be that guy. But last night, I, Giannis plays a tremendous game, 28-17-5, 9 for 11 from the free throw line. Chris Middleton goes 4 of 8 from deep, 26 points. Drew Holiday, 25 in that game, a winner. Even Bobby Portis was hitting early, then cooled off a little bit as the game went on. But the bench struggled. Do you think yeah. it's a fair like it's a, it's a fair take? Because when it comes to the playoffs, the bench is going to get deeper naturally because Pat Connaughton hopefully is going to be back in full strength and good. Hopefully, George Brooke Hill. Lopez, um, George Hill. So when you add those guys, some of them are bench guys. But if yeah, if Pat Connaughton goes to the starting lineup, that means a Grayson Allen would go down to the bench. Uh, do you think the bench is the storyline right now with, with where this team is at? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think in a postseason setting, I, off the bench, don't need to see DeAndre Bembry or Wesley Matthews. Little Serge Ibaka little Javon Carter, maybe a tiny bit of Jordan Mora. So in the NBA, you just don't need as much depth, right? Guys don't get in foul trouble because you get six fouls to play with. There's really not that much of a post game. Like the Big Ten, guys are banging on each other for two straight halves. Fouls are piling up, especially with the refs. They just love to call fouls. So I think that kind of changes things too. I don't know. Should we be more concerned about the Bucks bench? This isn't something I've really thought about. <laughs> Well, this is this goes against the first segment where I'm not oh. overall concerned because Giannis, like Johnny Davis, Giannis, when he takes the court, he can be the best player on the court against any team, no matter who else is playing. Sometimes Durant might be better, but night in, night out, he has the chance to be the best player on the court. Johnny Davis is the same way. I I don't think I'm that con- I mean, Wesley Matthews played 28 minutes last night. That's, That's a, lot. a lot of Wes Matthews. That's a lot. That's a lot of Wes Matthews. Um, in the NBA, I think depth can sometimes be a negative in the playoffs. I would rather have seven guys that I love than 10 guys I really like. You know what I mean? The Bucks' first two years with Coach Bud, they had so many guys. We would go nuts about the depth on this team. And then they get to the playoffs and you realize, okay, guys, six through 10 are all kind of the same. And last year, they made a conscious effort to get more top heavy. And you get to the playoffs, you shorten that rotation. Depth doesn't matter as much. So... With the star power at the top with Giannis, Chris, and Drew, I just don't think depth is as important. And maybe we shouldn't worry about it with the Badgers. I mean, you follow the Badgers more closely than I do. How big of a concern is their bench? Is that something we should worry about with Hepburn, Wall, and Johnny Davis at the top and Davison? Or, or is that something that's really important? Uh, it's it's not a big concern now because look against Purdue. The bench didn't score at all. Chris Vogt had two points. Nobody else really did anything. But the minutes they played were massive. They were getting rebounds, offensive rebounds. Jacoby Neath hit one big three. They were battling. Like, they were grinding down low with Zach Eady and Travion Williams. And then when the starters came back in, they were the ones that were producing. But was it that was the knock on Bud years ago, right? Is he wouldn't play Giannis enough because he wanted to go to the bench uh, too much. So I I thought I'd bring it out there. It is a fair comp because, yeah, for the Badgers, I'm not that can. That's not the thing that's going to make or break their NCAA tournament run, in my opinion. And for the Can Bucks, I ask you a question about the Purdue game specifically? Yeah. I, I want to know if you agree. When I watched the first half, I thought Greg Gard's strategy was rotate Carlson and vote 
and Crowell and all their bigs, rotate them in for the first half and keep everyone out of foul trouble. Send in those reserves to use their fouls to eat minutes just to get to the second half of the game without anyone in a bad spot. If your bench is good enough to use in that way against a big team, I think you have a good enough bench to win some games in the tournament. Is that how you read the game against Purdue, or am I seeing that wrong? Kind of. Uh, there was some foul trouble involved. Chucky Eppert and Tyler Wall got in foul trouble. And, I mean, when you look at it, Chris Vogt played 16 minutes. Stephen Crowell played 24. So that was a, they, th- that's been a one-two rotation where Crowell has definitely gotten the most minutes throughout the year. But Vote has also played big time minutes in big time spots, so I, I think it was partly because of foul trouble. It was all it was to stay fresh because that's a team yeah. where they were going one on one on Edie as much as they could, and and that's that's an impossible matchup for anybody. Like he, well, and it's he, just exhausting to play against a guy that big. He just makes you work hard. Oh, like, he's a tree. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's just a pain in the butt to have to play against someone like that. Um, so I think keeping bodies fresh is is really important. Yeah, I. When they get in the tournament, is it going to be the norm that they're the undersized team? Because in the Big Ten, it felt like, with the exception of the Minnesota game, where the Badgers are getting every rebound, they felt like they were smaller and undersized. Is that more of a Big Ten thing, or is that going to be the norm when they're playing against other teams around the country? Obviously, matchups could vary, but... Well, it's a Big Ten thing more than anything. You look across the conference, even go down to Indiana... They have a great big. You go to Iowa, they have a great big. Pretty much every, even Penn State, like John Hara, isn't going to blow you away, but he's a really good player down there. So, yeah, it's a, it's a Big Ten thing. When, when they go to the other conferences, the guard play could get a little better. They're still going to face great big men, but the Big Ten sets you up for that more than anything. I mean, you... Yeah, you, but if, if they play against great guards, you can stick Hepburn on one of those guys, Brad Davison, and obviously I love Johnny Davis just as an athlete and as a defender wherever you put them i think they're a better team to defend on the perimeter so if their competition gets smaller in march i actually think that's a great trend that bodes really well for the badgers i would think that would help but we've also seen no matter it take away the illinois game where wisconsin could not hit a single three when they've played these great big men it, it hasn't really mattered how well the big men have played because wisconsin either a is getting key stops late in games and winning no matter what the score is entering the last four minutes or Johnny Davis is scoring enough on the other end that it doesn't matter. Like when they played Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana, he had like 30 points, but then down the stretch of the game, he missed a couple key shots. They clamped down for like two possessions and then they came away with the win. So I feel, I, I feel like even though they've been tested by some of the best players in the country at that position, they've shown that they could win anyway. Yeah, and I think when you go against a good center like Kofi Coburn or Trace Jackson Davis or some of these other guys around the Big Ten, if they get 30, 35 even, all right, just don't let anyone else eat. And you force your opponent to play a pretty inefficient style of basketball. It's like, all right, dump it down into the post every play for your guy. Like, yeah, he'll get his and he'll get numbers, but over the course of a game, it's going to be inefficient. We're going to get a lot of turnovers and your guy's going to get stuck with a lot of fouls. Right. So I think even like you said, when these players, these bigs go off, it bodes well, I think, for the rest of the game. If you can just look past, you know, Kofi Coburn going for 35 and looking like a man possessed. Yeah, well, that's what Michigan State did against Purdue a couple of, I, I think last weekend, last Saturday or last Sunday. They they said, you know what? Give it to Edie. Do whatever you want. We're going to guard yeah. everybody else. And they came away with the win. Purdue also played a horrible basketball game. But yeah, I, I, I still cannot wrap my head around what happened on Tuesday. It was, a, it was an absolute scene. Um, I want to touch on this before we take a break and move to the Badgers. So 
looking at the Eastern Conference with the Milwaukee Bucks, we're talking about the bench, and we're talking about whether if there is a cause for concern, aside from the health, if the bench would be that. Right now they're sitting at fourth in the Eastern Conference, three games behind the first-place Heat, who, as I said in the first segment, I 2016 Hawks. They get to the playoffs. They might win a series or two but they're not going to go beat one of the big dogs and go to the finals. I don't see the team that way. Uh, the Bulls sit second, a game and a half behind the Heat. Sixers third, two games uh, back. And then you go below the Bucks. The Cavs are four and a half tied with the Celtics. And then you get into the play-in tournament. So if the season ended right now, and this is another piece of why are we scared? Why are we concerned about this team? The way the Eastern Conference shakes up, the Nets are in eighth. They're going to have to go in the play-in tournament if it ended today. And the Sixers are in third. So those are the two that I see as legitimate threats. I'm not fully bought in on the Bulls being a threat to the Bucks. Definitely not the Heat and definitely not the Cavs. So if you play, if you play the Cavs in the first round, I don't see them losing that series. Then in theory, you'd go to the second round and you'd play the Heat. So if anything, that their path is not near a gauntlet. But then we might complain until they get up to a two seed. Like, oh, this team has to, they have to rise to a three seed or a two seed. Then they might yeah. play the Sixers in the second round. Well, if they start at the four seed, if the playoffs were to start today and then they face Cleveland and then they would probably advance and play Miami, those are two really tough teams top to bottom. And I don't like the idea of going to play in Cleveland. They're going to have a lot of energy and just the Miami rivalry is annoying. But those first two rounds, you don't have to deal with another top 10 superstar in the league. You don't have to go up against Embiid. You don't have to see Kevin Durant. And typically, and this is kind of a cliche, but I, I think it's a cliche because it most of the time plays out to be true. The best player in a series is typically going to win the series. So the Bucs are going to have Giannis against the Cavs, and their best player is, I, I don't know, Darius Garland, Jared Allen. I'll take Giannis. And then against the Heat, they have a lot of guys. And, and you make the comparison to the Hawks. I'll make a more recent comparison with the Heat. What about the 2019 Bucks? Right, They had Connaughton, and they had Miritich, and they had all these guys on the bench, and then you get to the playoffs and realize, okay, but at the top, are they good enough? Is Giannis good enough as a superstar? I don't think Jimmy Butler's good enough as a superstar, and I don't think Kyle Lowry can stay healthy, right? So he'd have depth, but when it boils down to it, final two minutes of a playoff series, is anyone going to be better than Giannis? No, I don't think so. So yeah. I love those first two matchups because the Bucks have the best player. Yeah, that's the Colin Cowherd quarterback face bracket graphic thing, which yeah. always turns out to be the most wrong thing in the history of sports. But he's a genius because he prefaces it by saying, these are not my predictions. I'm just going to yeah. tell you who I think the better quarterback is. That's sports yeah. radio gold right there. That's brilliant. You, you, you make a stand and you are entertaining with your take without backing yourself into a corner. You always got to give yourself outs of a prediction or of a take. Yeah, yeah, without putting your brand behind anything actually happening. So <laughs> when you look across the Eastern Conference, and I, I am very clear in my answer in this, but I want to get yours first. If you had to pick one team, because it, it's the Bucks Conference right now. Until they lose, it is the Bucks Conference. And we've, we've seen them in the regular season, like last year, you know, they weren't the one seed like they were in previous years. We've seen them before not look the best in the world in the regular season. And then last year they go to the playoffs, they win the thing. So it's their conference right now until somebody beats them. Who's their biggest test right now? Because I, I am very stern in how I feel about this, and it has to do with one player. But I'll let you go first. Brooklyn because of Kevin Durant. He's that good. And the, 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 your Sixers are a very close second. This what? is not a shade towards your Sixers at all. But Brooklyn, because Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant's so good, man. We've gotten so used to him. He's a wizard. He's unreal. 
counterpoint. Not Brooklyn because of Ben Simmons. Ooh. Um, the- Grant, he played a seven-game playoff series last year. Do you know how many shots he attempted in the fourth? Attempted, not made. How many shots he attempted in the fourth quarter of those seven games, which he played most of the fourth quarter minutes? Yeah. Do you know how many Boy. shots he attempted? Three or four? Three. Ah. Two of them came in game one. One of them came in game two. And every other game, he just passed. He passed, he passed, he passed, and he folded like a lawn chair. So I've I've seen this happen before in the playoffs. He goes to the playoffs. He is a different player because he, he's too small for the moment. So you put him on that Brooklyn team, and Durant can do whatever the hell he wants. But Ben Simmons will choke it away. Yeah, but is that going to get the Nets beat? Yes. Like Kevin Durant's their number one. Kyrie's their two. Man, Seth Curry's a bucket. Like Simmons might not have to shoot at all. That's the thing. And I get it's all, uh, it's in theory. We haven't seen him play yet, but in theory it works, and it's good. Well, he's not going to play until he is completely ready to play, which happens to be right after they visit Philadelphia. Um, I ugh, I don't know. I, 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 just, I don't see that team winning with him there. And think about this. Let's say in theory, I don't know what the rules are right now and say what you want about the rules. I don't know if Kyrie could play in New York in the playoffs. I think he will be able to by that point, but I don't know. So he might not be playing at home. And Ben and Kyrie, Simmons. And he stay healthy, too. That's another thing. Let's just not assume Kyrie can be healthy. He's never healthy. Right. So Kyrie might not play at home, and Ben Simmons won't play on the road. <laughs> so there you go. It's Kevin Durant, and maybe Funny. Seth Curry turns into his brother. Maybe he goes crazy and he proves me wrong. But yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I think Brooklyn, because I saw it last year, Kevin Durant almost took down the Bucks single-handedly last year. So I have to say that. But Embiid and Harden together are really good. That's a slugfest of a series. Philly's going to get a lot of free throws on you. They're going to wear you down. So I, I don't. <laughs> so many free throws. So all the free throws. Every single one. Yo, I so said. I don't fight your Sixers, but Kevin Durant and Brooklyn, man, that's terrifying. Grant, I said during the Wisconsin-Purdue game, if Johnny, because Johnny Davis is officiated similar to Giannis, they don't get yeah. any, they're stars, and they don't get any calls. It's ridiculous. I said if Johnny Davis got Jaden Ivey's whistle, he shoot as many free throws as Joel Embiid. Yeah, dude, it's going to be annoying to play the Sixers. I like Embiid. I don't like Harden. And I, I guess I don't really have anything against Philly. But when they play the Bucs, I know I'm going to get triggered because it's going to be so many free throws. And I'm saying now, I'm ready for it. I know it's coming, and I'm still going to get irrationally upset by it the next time the Bucs play Philly. Yeah, which March well, 29th, I believe that is. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Coming up next, the difference between college basketball and the NBA that, that we have to outline so that I don't go crazy every time I log on to Twitter and see people overreact. That's next, and your greatest duos uh, in American society. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. Bill Michaels show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill today. 877-867-1670. So Grant, I this is gonna be a little bit of a an hour ahead tease. I think in radio they usually tell you to do it 30 minutes before, but because I'm so excited about what we're gonna do, 
I'm doing it an hour before. So you found a tape measure. I have one up on my computer, and I might try to find a real one. But mass hysteria on Twitter, NFL Draft Twitter right now, because it is officially hand-sized day. It is the day we look at all the quarterbacks, we see how big their hands are, and now they can't be a first-round pick. And Kenny Pickett apparently is double-jointed, so that's why he has small hands. So I might even do this live on Twitter when we end up going, but we're going we're gonna to measure our hands, see if we're worthy of a first-round pick in the NFL Draft. Is it from the tip of the pinky to the thumb? Yeah. You, let you spread your hand out and you go thumb to thumb to pinky? Yeah, I think so. Um, so that's coming up. I think that'll come. I, I think we'll do that at noon. Let's do that at noon. Get a big juicy segment for that. So um, I, I mentioned this before we hit break. College basketball in the NBA. And this drives me absolutely crazy. Every so everyone freaks out. The Bucks lose a game, they lose another game. They're the 4 seed. What are we going to do? Now they have to go on the road in the first round of the playoffs maybe if they drop down to 5, whatever. The thing about the NBA and professional sports cuz the Packers and the NFL fall into this too. It's all about the destination. It is all about where your season ends, where you finish the year, right? If you lose, if the Packers lose in the playoffs, it is a failure. No, no, we, but we had such a fun season. What are you talking about? We're so thankful to be in the mix every year. Thankful to be Packers fans. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine being a Lions fan, Ben. Think of how privileged you sound right now. Yeah. Oh. I, I agree with you. I'm being difficult, and I'm making it harder for you to make your point. No, Please. I know your take, and, and I agree with it. There, There is a sentiment of, oh, it's okay. We, we're the one seed again. It's like, how many times do you have to lose to get pissed off? I agree with you. Losing in the playoffs makes me mad. Yes, if you come up short of the Super Bowl, it's a failure. I think even if the Packers made it this year and lost in a great game, all right. I agree. But I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying. I'm so, just being a dick. So in the NBA, it's it's even further. Like The players even tell you that the regular season doesn't matter as much. LeBron and Kawhi and all those guys, they invented literally sitting out so that they could rest and be ready for the playoffs. They are a, they outwardly tell you this all the time. In college basketball, and my problem is because some people are saying, oh, why are we so worked up? It's the Big Ten regular season. This isn't the NCAA tournament. Talk to me when they win the national championship. In college sports, it's not about the destination. And this sounds cliche, but it's very true. It's about the journey to get there. Out of the 140, 135, whatever, teams in the FBS, only one wins the national title. In March Madness, 63 teams a year lose and don't win the national title. There are great programs and great teams that have not won a national title in forever because so much has to go right. We've seen March Madness. Every, the ball has to bounce your way a couple times. You need yep. the other team to miss a couple key free throws. You need yep. to get lucky and bank a shot in, maybe like Chucky Hepburn did. But in college basketball, you see the team in the beginning of the year. Often, maybe they have some freshmen or some sophomores that are getting better as the year goes on. You're playing against rival cities, rival schools, even rival states like Wisconsin versus Minnesota. And when you win those games, it's different than in the NBA. Like, I get excited, even though Minnesota basketball absolutely sucks. I get excited when Wisconsin beats them because it's the rivalry. And college sports is about the journey to get there. That's why everyone said, why did Wisconsin rush the court when they beat Purdue? Because it means a lot. 
because this was a team that was supposed to be 10, if not lower, in the Big Ten entering the season, and they just won it. Even if they were picked to win the Big Ten, it's still something you should rush the court for and celebrate, right? Yes. It's the Big Ten regular season title. And I remember this, Ben. I want to ask Zach Heilprin about this next time I talk to him. This was like two years ago. Two years ago, I asked him. I was like, Zach, what means more to the players? Because you're around the team. You follow them more closely. Does it mean more to win a regular season title or the Big Ten tournament? And he told me the regular season title. He's like, I think that means more. It's a season-long accomplishment. It's something you really need to work for and make a goal. I think the regular season title means so much more than a lot of casual fans or distant fans think. Like, I know most of the people in Milwaukee or people who aren't diehards for college basketball, I think a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, it's, it, it is the regular season title to me. In, in football, it's the conference championship. But in yep. basketball, because it's it, you don't have the divisions, because you're playing every school, and it really is the law of large numbers works a little more. When you get to the Big Ten tournament, as like crazy stuff happens. You need everything to go right. And winning that is great. But the law of large numbers applies to the regular season here. Where when you go on the road and beat Purdue, when you go on the road and beat Indiana, when you literally have more quality wins than anybody in the country as a team that wasn't supposed to be good, that's why it means a lot. So the whole thing is I I can't believe people would really love college basketball before March because it's all March madness. It's like, no, that's what being a fan of college sports is. It's about the season. It's about the journey. The NBA is the exact opposite. Yeah. The, the NBA you're watching during the regular season to draw conclusions about what might happen in the postseason, right? Like, ah, oh, the Bucks look good, but they're not doing this very well, and that concerns you for the playoffs. College basketball, watch the regular season and even the conference tournament, and then forget it all, and then we're into March, right? Like, I thought Big Cat, who's on PMT, I don't know if you're a barstool guy. I like Big Cat. He was at the game the other night. Great vibes. He was on the baseline, I think, behind one of the baskets. Yeah. He tweeted in late February, I saved this tweet from the 26th where he's like, people keep moving the goalposts, right? They said they won't make the tournament. Then they're getting lucky. Then they won't make the Sweet 16. It's like, look, the tournament is really, really hard. So to say that this season will be all for nothing unless they win at least two tournament games, that's stupid. That's a dumb way to think and talk about and analyze college basketball. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. In a cold and depressing winter, and like it has been cold. And I park my car next to the lake, and there are times where it's an absolute disaster to get in it and drive to work. I feel like my fingers are going to fall off. In a cold and depressing winter, which often happens, like the thing I have hung my hat on is watching these regular season games on a Tuesday night, going and watching Wisconsin play Indiana. Like it's the thing that we have had going on during the week. And it was ridiculous to see them actually pull it off and win the Big Ten. Ebo has popped in for a minute or two, Grant. Ebo. Grant, I brought a ruler for Ben Kenny and you when it comes to, well, I don't know about you, Grant, but for Ben Kenny, uh, eight and a half. I'm just shy of eight and a half for my uh, my hand. Oh, your hand. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, um, I need a yardstick for what you're thinking of. <laughs> I can't believe I set you up for that. <laughs> hey, I've listen, 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 Grant, Grant, you, Grant, you may be a baller. You may be a baller, Grant, but I'm a Hall of Famer. <laughs> This is. All right, oh, by the yeah, way, NBA regular season stinks, and college basketball regular season freaking rules. He's with it. Yes, we're agreeing with you, Evo. Why are you? No, no. Ben Ken- I came in. Ben Kenny made the greatest point I ever heard him ever make that no one cares about the regular season in the NBA, and it's all about the journey in college basketball. I don't make a lot of good points. 
you're putting words in his mouth. It's it's not that it sucks and that it doesn't matter. It's different. It's different than college basketball. I think you missed me 15 minutes ago, bitch, about Ben Simmons again. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, that's like the that water, another water, good water is wet. Come on now. <laughs> you say water is wet. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no, just go Badgers and Grant, uh, the great mustache, and Ben Kenny. Just you guys are crushing it. Well done. Oh, thank you. There yeah. he is, Ebo. Listen to him, 6 to 10. Many of these same stations on Twitch TV, Twitter at Ebo says, we're going to step away, take a quick break, get back in to the greatest duos in American society. And Grant, I saw the tweet of the decade yesterday. We're going to talk oh. about what that was coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. A chance for the title. Six seconds left. Hepburn left side with three, with two. Hepburn goes off the glass, off the glass, with 1.2 to play. And the Badgers take the lead. Man, oh man. That call still fires me up, Grant. I think I've watched it at least 150 times. That's one of those. Yeah, as a Wisconsin Badger sports fan, that like that is that it has become one of the where were you when moments. Oh, appears that Grant Grant is frozen up, so we're gonna get back him back online. Um, so I teased the uh, the tweet I saw yesterday. Um, there was uh, so the in golf, there's something called the PIP, and we're not gonna talk about golf a lot. And I'll bring this back up when when Grant hops back aboard. Um, they are giving away eight million dollars to the golfer that. It creates the most engagement, whether it's on Twitter or uh, w- whatever it is. So it was originally reported that Phil Mickelson had. had Grant, are you back? I think I see him moving yeah. now. Oh, there you go. I can hear you. I can I, see you. I don't know what that was. So I, I'm talking about the tweet I saw yesterday, the tweet of the yeah. year and maybe century. So it, are you familiar with the PIP in golf? Okay. So this is maybe good for the segment. You're going to have to explain this to me because I saw the tweet. And it kind of went over my head because I don't follow golf. So they created a program where the golfer that creates the most engagement, whether it's online, social media, uh, who, whoever does the most to interact with fans and followers and all this stuff, they have algorithms to to look at who does best. There's a prize for that. There's a prize for first place, second place. The winner of it makes, I think, $8 million. And then it goes down the list. Oh, not like a small little thing. This is a this is a thing. Yes, but well, in exchange, they are also generating a lot of money, right, for, for the sport of golf. So it was announced that Phil Mickelson had won this award I, a little while ago. I forget when. And he tweeted out, I'd like to thank you all. Uh, I'd like to thank all the crazies and real supporters, too, for helping me win the PIP. Um to get the second half of the money, I have to add an event I haven't played in a while, blah, 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 blah. P.S. I'll try to try and find another hot, controversial topic soon. Now, this aged about as poorly as anything could possibly age, because then weeks later and, and months later, he was rumored to be joining the, quote, Saudi Super League. And he said off the record or on the record with a journalist that uh, he was going to business with, quote, some scary mother effers. 
and that he said they are some scary people that I am I am frightened to do business with. Now, I, Saudi Arabia does not have the best track record for human rights by any means. So it was recently released. The PGA Tour said they would not display who actually won this award. Now, about a week ago, after this leak had happened that Phil had won, about a week ago, they say, you know what? No, um, Tiger Woods just won. Now, that makes a lot of sense with the return to the tournament with his son that they ended up coming in second after his horrific crash. He's doing well. So Tiger Woods screenshotted Phil's tweet and said, whoops, shrug, shrug emoji, shrug emoji, which is the biggest dunk, uh, I think, in the history of, of Twitter dunks. So we're going to, Grant has popped off again. We're going to get Grant back online coming up here at the top of the hour. Coming up next, we're, it, it's the continuation of the Purdue-Wisconsin hangover. Grant, are you back? Yeah, and I can hear you this whole time. I think you're just losing me. You're doing an amazing job. I now understand why this is so funny, and I really appreciate this tweet. And it's, it kind of sucks because I liked Phil Mickelson, and then he went to go do business with people that have the worst record of human rights. I, one of the worst. They are known to – they killed the journalist. They have done a yeah. lot of awful things. And, and the money, I also believe, is – uh, you know, not the cleanest money that he would be getting paid, the hundreds Probably of millions not. that he's being offered. And, and he's now not going to go. He tried to do it for leverage, but I, it was a scumbag move. And now they give it to Tiger Woods, and Tiger just completely dunks on Phil. Um, not a good couple weeks, couple months to be Phil Mickelson. I'll say Tiger that. gets wins even when he's not out on the course. Tiger gets winning. wins. If, if he touches a golf club, the world explodes. Um, yeah. And I do think he's going to be playing in Augusta in March. And That'll be all the golf talk for today. Uh, we, we don't need to dive in anymore. Coming up next, uh, it is the continuation of the hangover from Purdue, Wisconsin. We're getting more into that game and where we see Wisconsin going in March in the Big Ten tournament, in, in the NCAA tournament. That's next on the Bill Michaels Show. The Bill Michaels Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.